back at you live from Koreatown, ladies and gentlemen. It is the Ozone. Welcome inside of the Ozone. I am your host, Omar Miller. You can find me on Twitter to speak on sports and things and such at Omar Miller. Find me on Instagram at Omar Benson Miller. And I'm here with my brother, Terry. Terry Miller. Icons on Twitter and Instagram. There you go. My man. One of these days, he'll get it going smoothly. It's so much pressure. He just can't <laughs> take it. But let's talk about what we've missed. It's been a, a, an eventful couple weeks, a very eventful couple weeks. I mean, me, myself, I've been funning and sunning in San Diego, knocking out Disney kids. It's been some very interesting things happening on the softball diamond. Been some uh, some fun stuff going down. There was a heat wave in Miami, which I heard is just called Summer which I can't understand why anybody lives there. I caught heat stroke at the Ballers premiere. Ballers is back. Anybody wondering about that? Let me know. Reach out. Let me know how you like the uh, the premiere episode. We got, uh, we got nine more fabulous episodes for you. But speaking of being in Miami, I want to talk about what they call down there Wade County, baby. They don't call it Dade County. They call it Wade County because... Uh, Used to be. Used to be Dwayne Wade's. This used to be his playground. Mm. No mas. And it's no mas. He's done. You know, I tell you, I I felt a palpable sense of loss from these people. Uh, I I couldn't go on my Instagram feed without somebody, primarily a good-looking woman, saying, uh, we miss you, Dwayne. It's been great. 13 years in, in Wade County has been ex- my dream and blah, blah, blah. Now, what do you, I wanted to get your take. What do you think about this situation with Pat Riley? Pat Riley's saying, oh, I wish I would have been more involved. Uh, it broke my heart. I ha- I'm filled with regret. Anybody who doesn't know, Dwayne Wade went and signed a $47 million two-year deal in Chicago, his hometown. And there's a lot of bad blood, it seems to be, between the Arison family that owns the Heat and also owns Carnival Cruise Line, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a beautiful ships. Right, and they're right outside the arena. Right. That's why they're right there. I didn't know that. Yeah. And... Um, and and Pat Riley, you know, Pat Riley's acting like he didn't, you know, he didn't really. He's playing victim. He's playing the victim a little bit, and he's telling the, the fans, don't worry, we're going to have make some more moves. No, Now, this not. guy consistently, <laughs> he's obviously the most important player in franchise history, and he consistently put the team and the organization above himself. Remember, we spoke on that in the past. I mean, they gave him the raw deal. He got it raw. We did. He did. got the needed, deal. He needed some ointment, some Neosporin needed to get in there. <laughs> to heal that wound. He did because, you know, you, you to me, he shouldn't be mad at Pat Riley. He shouldn't be mad at Mickey Harrison. You got to be mad at your man LeBron James. King James is the one who really took you down this dark road of giving away money. Because if you remember way back when, they went out to Las Vegas hanging out, funning and sunning. And it was, yeah, I'm going to turn in the money so that you and Bosch can sign back. And he was like, yeah, we should do that. I'm going to take my talents back to Cleveland. It was like, what? But we don't know what happened behind the scenes. I don't know. I so, wasn't you know, there. They I wasn't might, on they the, might be on the jet. Yeah, and they might have been on the same page. That's, I mean, No, they, they couldn't have been because he turned. He left $20 million on the table. There's no way that he just decided to leave $20 million on the table just because. And then they signed Bosch. So they signed Bosch to a max deal. So Bosch got his cheese. Bosch got, I think, 119, 121 or something crazy like that. Well, you know, but Miami could have gave him the money anyway because Bosch might not even play this year. I mean, Miami, but that doesn't mean that they can't. What does that mean? That, 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 that money would have came off the books. 
No, no. I think that. I mean, this is not football. They no. still got to. They got to. They got to pay Chris Bosh. No, they wouldn't have to pay him if he had to retire. In this situation, I, I believe that. Oh, but, but he doesn't have to retire. That's the issue. Well, he, but no, <laughs> he signed med- the deal so he could just keep playing, uh, hanging out medically. Though you know, I don't, I don't think, think. I think force, it's a fifty-fifty. I don't think they can. They can't force him to say that the the condition that he has will force him into retirement. So ultimately, that's but that's not the only time he gave away money. He left money on the table a couple of different situations, and now he's saying, "Hey, look, I've done what's right for the community. I'm Flash. We have three rings, and in large part because of me. And I need my cheese. And it, and, and in my opinion, it wasn't like he was asking for crazy dough. No, I think they were only like four million apart, which makes them not like four million dollars. I don't understand what you're saying. I, I it's not like I got four laying around yeah, my, in right my here. You want to hold four? my couch or anything? <laughs> but but at the same time, relative to Mike Conley signing for thirty one million a year, four million doesn't seem like that big of a deal, right? You know, you, you're talking about Dwayne Wade wanted. He said he wanted two and fifty. Obviously, he was willing to accept two and forty seven. Uh, and then when you add and when you factor in the fact that a uh, majority of professional athletes are trying to get to Florida anyways because there's no state tax. I don't know what the Illinois state tax is, uh, but we can look it up. But ultimately, we're looking at a situation where the 47 that he took isn't the same even as 45 or, you know, especially when the barn doors are going to open up next year. I just I mean, and he had a good season last season. Yeah, now, Pat, on, Pat Riley, you know, he, he's he's hurt now. You know, he, he's playing the victim, but he's hurt. I think he even came out and said that he messed up with it. He came out and said it. Now, I just think that one thing that's interesting is is that you gave Whiteside the max deal. You gave him big money. Right. And uh, it's just Wade had a good year last year. He adjusted his game for his Wade age. Wade has a good year every, every year. single year. You he's are one of the best players in, in history. history of basketball. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And now what's interesting about that is he had that great year, but it seems like I call this the Kobe Bryant syndrome. Because it seems like Pat Riley was just trying to make sure that he didn't fall into Kobe land, where you're paying a guy because Kobe got two and forty eight years not, ago. Yeah, but it's not to the sit same. on the to sit and yeah, not but it's play. Not the same thing. They offered Kobe that. Well, but you remember he said he was saying he was saying uh, there's no negotiation. You remember they were like, "What were the negotiations like?" And Kobe was like, "What negotiation? That's the max deal. That's what I get." Yeah, but they so offered he kind of strong armed. You know, I don't I don't agree with that because what they said they offered Kobe. And I didn't agree when they offered him the cheese because one of the reasons why he was coming off a knee injury, they didn't even know if he was going to be able to play. So they were just basically using him to fill the seats. But with Dwayne Wade, he was actually in a contract negotiation, and the Heat decided that they didn't they couldn't use his services anymore. They decided they couldn't <laughs> use his services. Excuse me, Dwayne, could you step in here for a second? I don't think we're going to be able to use your services. We're going to go a different direction. <laughs> for anybody who doesn't know, that's what they tell you in the movie business when you don't get the, the part. It's, uh, uh, you know, we decided to go a different it, direction. But, uh, we're going a different direction. And then they hire a guy who looks just like you. <laughs> it was, so basically, we're just going for a cheaper version <laughs> of you. Exactly. It was not a different direction. So I thought that was interesting. And it's interesting that you feel like Pat Riley, so you think he really messed up the organization. Do you think, what do you think about their future? Yeah, how are they going to come back? Next year, when the barn door is open, the only thing that they have to offer is the fun in the sun, which is a lot to offer, but still. I mean, you're talking about crazy money that's about to be out there, and the free well, agent they got the market, big guy. Yeah, but the free agent, but you need the big, the big guy. Got to get fed. Yeah, yeah. got to feed. You got to feed that man. Yeah, and they're talking about Westbrook is going to stay home. You know, it looks like he's going to stay at home. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's serious talk. He's, I, he's sort of upset with Durant, and he feels like that he wants to show him that he could do it on his own. Him and Oladipo, I guess. He's a, he's a little sore, right? He's a little yeah. sore. And truth be told, I'm not sold that he can't do it between him, Adams, and uh, uh, Ennis Cantor, and those guys. 
You throw in another piece, they should be okay. I you just, need one more. You need one more piece. I would have to question the coach though, because he had the big men sitting on the bench at the well, end. I mean, we already questioned him. What do you want him to do? It's yeah, over. But, he's got. He got this year. We're going to see what time it is yeah. because the big man can't sit on the bench when they're the ones doing the dirt. Right. Uh, that's yeah. Wow. It's interesting because yeah, a lot you've heard a lot of talk about how Kevin Durant hasn't even mentioned Russell, uh, the Russell Westbrook and his name, like in talking about making a decision, his decision, which kind of lends towards your theory, which is. That you know, perhaps they just didn't get along, and 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 Durant felt like Westbrook should be deferring to him. I feel like that should have been the case the whole time. I don't. I feel like that's why they're split up now. Is because it, it was Durant who went four for forty in those last three games in the fourth well, quarter. You know what? That's fine because if you're the go to, and if I stink to join up, then I live with stinking to join up. There you go. Yeah, but if the, and that's what happened. Yeah, and the point guard's job is to distribute through global, but not take all the shots. And you know, doesn't take all the shots. He takes actually a lot of he, he leads the league in triple dubs. If I if my stats are right, he leads. Uh, uh, he leads the league in triple doubles. I mean, I'm I'm not gonna ride on Russell Westbrook. You feel how you feel about him i would love to hear what some of the callers feel about him because realistically i, I mean he's a very talented superstar s kind of young man i thought he did well i think initially you were right but he showed this year he showed adjustment in his game and he's not getting any credit from you at least or about the adjustment that he made to to passing more and to going to the rack he didn't show any you know i don't know what what else you want him to do he passed the ball to kevin durant in the fourth quarter of like the I games said, that they were and up kevin, and they lost uh-huh and kevin durant is the man so he you live and die with the man so then what do you do now who's the man now and then well, obviously State. westbrook no, oh, you're State. talking Golden you State. Every, everybody's the man. Now what do you do? I would go with Clay Thompson over all of them. Because, uh, me too. <laughs> because you're talking about, just like you just said, Durant disappeared and Curry and disappeared. Curry disappeared. And know? Draymond Green's busy trying to get people in the ball sack. Yeah. So you don't know what he's going to do. But uh, that kid, Clay Thompson, got a lot of, he showed me a lot. And I have to say, his brother can really go. The Dodgers are playing games. They need to find space for Trace Thompson yeah. in the lineup permanently. Yeah, but we'll get to baseball. Uh, another thing I wanted to speak on was uh, Tim Duncan. This quick wrap-up, some of the things. The, the one of, if not the face of this generation, Tim Duncan. You know, you can make an argument that Tim Duncan is better than Kobe Bryant. I definitely can make that argument. But my point is, is beyond that, you can say that this is a microcosm of what's going on in America. Because most people would automatically knee-jerk say that Kobe Bryant was better than Tim Duncan. And the stats don't say that. Right. And also, if you watch both teams through that time period, I would say that Kobe played with much better teams than Tim Duncan did. No question. And, and it's interesting. Even in the way that they go out, you look at it. No fanfare for Tim Duncan. He doesn't need it. No injury fell farewell tour and giving me gifts everywhere I go and me acting like I'm the basketball guru. This is the guy who actually was the power forward fundamental guru who said, you know what? I got my five rings, thought I might have a chance for one more, and I bounced. He took a bow. He took a But realistically, he could have had six if the if he would have been in the game, if Greg Popovich didn't throw game six of the right, 2000. Don't say that about Pop. I would never believe <laughs> that Pop would throw it. He just made a bad decision. He yeah, one okay, bad decision. Well, there you go. There you one go. I, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm out of line. Pop, you, 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 can, you can hit me in the stomach when you see me. You're right. <laughs> uh, but, you know, but it's true. Uh, he could have that six because if he gets that, if he's out there and he gets that rebound, that ball doesn't bounce to Ray Allen. He has six, and then that debate isn't even ongoing between who was better in this generation. But I just think that, you know, along the lines of the Republican National Convention going on right now and everything. RNC. The RNC in the place to be C, and, and they, they got what it takes to rock the bike right, right Yeah. And so, if you know, you look at the, the rock the vote that's going down out there. Look at the, what America loves. It's just mind-blowing to me. Confusion. We love um, confusion. 
at our <laughs> on our level. You know, we want it at our. What? How do you want to put it? Like. How do you want to put it? Well, I want to put it very lightly, but not being too aggressive, you know? We want to make it, ah, how can I say it the right way? Well, I don't. We want confusion, but we don't want it to be too confusing. We want to, we want to, you know, we want a guy like Donald Trump, but then you don't want to him to, we want him to go far, but we don't want him to go, to go too far. You know, he says so many outrageous things, and then we let him slide. All right. Well, I mean, you 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 are America because you just confused me. That's Good my job. job. There you go. <laughs> That's my job. Once again, the icons have successfully talked in a circle. Misdirected. Where's Jonathan Ames? I would say. <laughs> I would where's say, your head now? <laughs> I would just say that the you know what um you lost me. I'm completely gone. What happened? Oh, so then, like, what the, the sound cut out? I have no sound. I, I can't have none. myself. We're check, completely check dead. Check your feet. I don't know. Oh, I think he's. Oh, yeah. Right oh, no. Oh, right. 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 the squeaky wheel. We are a society about the squeaky wheel. Kobe Bryant was the epitome of the squeaky wheel. He got is, all the oil. He he got all the oil. And even in retirement, you look at it. I mean, if you look at Tim Duncan's body of work, it's remarkable. For him to to win five championships when Kobe and Shaq played together, for him to beat LeBron James in the finals twice, well, and really, that, almost three times. I think the one thing that people don't look at is that he wasn't a ball handler because usually the guys that you talk about who are all world and everything else are ball handlers. But you got a handful of guys who aren't ball handlers that are considered the greatest of all time. You talk about Kareem and you know yeah. Tim Duncan, guys like that. But they have to be fed. They can't bring the ball down the court. Well, and and, and truth be told, and when push came to shove, a few times Tim Duncan did bring the ball down the it's court true. and hit big threes in Shaq's face and everything. I was very. Very impressed with Tim Duncan's work, and I am even—I don't know if I'm even more impressed, but I'm equally as impressed with the way that he's gracefully bowed out because it is graceful. It I'm is. not a big fan of the farewell tour. It's, it's ridiculous, and it, I love Derek Jeter, and I, I wasn't even a fan of his farewell. tour. I don't even think he was a fan of it. Yeah, it's anti—it's anti-competitive because right. you feel like the guys are taking it easy on the whoever it is that's doing the farewell tour. Exactly. We know we saw this man. We saw it with Kobe. I mean, well, he, not really. I mean, they busted Kobe's ass. Yeah, but yeah, until but that had, last game. Yeah, but that last game, he had his way with the whole league. That last game, he got people, uh, you know, popcorn and peanuts all flying all over the court and everything while he did his thing. That was ridiculous. <laughs> oh, wow, I didn't see any popcorn or peanuts. I but mean, we got ticker tape parade but, right in the middle of the table center. Come peanuts on, dude. And Cracker Jack. Yeah. I don't care if I ever get back. It's root, root, root for the Cobster. <laughs> you know, and and but just in general, I'm not a fan of the farewell tour in sports. I I actually am very impressed with what Big Poppy is doing out there now. Man, she, he doesn't even look hey, like he's he giving you the right, the that's, right farewell. Tour. That's the right farewell <laughs> tour. Is that I'm busting you up, and you wish that you want me to retire because you can't stop me. Well, as opposed to me. the pity party, you know, Tim Duncan. Obviously, he wasn't moving the same way. Uh, Father Time had caught up with him. Why does he need to hang around the league and play this? You know, for what the, to, to the, prove the, what? the fiddle. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Now, another thing that I think is interesting is that, uh, you know, the ESPYs just passed by, and uh, seeing that statement that, that Chris Paul, Carmelo Anthony, LeBron James, uh, and uh, who else was up there? And Dwayne Wade, as a matter of fact, the statement that they made in all black 
uh, about their blackness and that in relation to, you know, uh, what obligation they have in sports. Right. It's it's very interesting because Carmelo, I, I personally think that Carmelo is a loser on a on a basketball level, um, and he did a very winner move on a real life level where he took out that ad, the page ad, I think it was the New York Post or the Daily News or one of them, where he called on athletes to to be more than just the athletes and to to consider more than just the financial uh, repercussions and so on and so forth and, and to right. stand up. And I think he's right too. And and then for them to make that statement, I thought that was great as well. There was a lot of backlash about it, but I thought, you know, how can you be mad? How can you be mad at these guys? These guys, this is the community that they represent. It's a community that has made them uber duber wealthy and has given them influence and they're following the footsteps of the Jim Browns of the world of the Kareems and you Bill know, Russell yeah uh, just champions top mm-hmm. to bottom these guys are winners across the board they had it so hard and you know they recognize what you have to go through to be successful and what they may have to go through for the next generation to be successful exactly and these guys are talking hundreds of millions of dollars it doesn't and most get... of them just stuff their pockets and keep walking and and blow it and you need guys to call them out. And these guys are yep. the guys that are ahead of the head of the class, and they need to stand up. They stood up. They did, did what they are supposed to do. A lot of kudos. Big kudos out to CP3, Carmelo Anthony, Dwayne Wade, LeBron James. That was, you know, in the words of King James, that was 90-50-40. That was a real, <laughs> that was a wonderful situation. I was very proud of those guys. I'm very interested to see what happens from this point, though. Uh, you know, was that a one-time thing? Are they going to have community town hall meetings? Or, you know, I wonder what the next step is for them with that. You know, just getting active is, you know, you have to start somewhere. That I agree, and, and, and I'm not somebody who's going to blow up from there. I agree, you know? and, and I'm not, I'm not somebody who says they have to run for president or anything like that. So, although they probably could win, because it's just a popularity contest now. Well, if you want to have a political podcast, I mean, there you go. <laughs> uh, also, we got just sticking with the NBA. We got the uh, NBA is really going global. They got this is amazing. They got the regular season games that they're announcing that they're having in Mexico City. That's right, which is interesting. It is, and Mexico of all places. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Right, I don't know that many tall Mexicans. Me either. Not I'm, to. The, I'm not. I'm not playing the race card here. But yeah, how many? I wonder how many Mexicans have been in the history of the league. I guess it's not a recruiting uh, uh, move as much as it is a move for. Um, the recruiting Honestly, of fans more right. so than recruiting but the players. Recruiting the fans, I don't know how big basketball is over there. I mean, you right, have, it's big. You have they, soccer. You have baseball. Yeah, but you remember that's when, uh, like, when when uh, Eduardo Nahara was in, on the the Mavericks and he won. That was a big deal. Yeah, but how long when, ago was uh, that? 2012, when LeBron James or 2008 was it? 2008 when they beat the the when the Mavs beat the the Heat. Mm-hmm. Um, was that the Heat? Yeah, that was the Heat that they beat. Um, 2012, I think that was. And so, uh, and there was that other kid too, the little guy that ran in, that Andrew Bynum flattened. What was his name? He ended up going to Minnesota, the R- little the point guard, Ricky Rubio. No, not Ricky Rubio. Uh, what was that kid's name? Barrea. JJ Barrea. Yeah, Barrea. Uh, Barrea. Oh, I thought he was Mexican. See that? That's me being the racist. Nice. Well played. <laughs> well played, racist. Well played. <laughs> yeah. And then we have the other thing with KB twenty four. Did you see this thing on the Players Tribune? Yeah, with this Kobe writing the letter and to his I younger like self. I like his letter. I like his letter too. You yeah. know what? You said something in private the other day that I'm gonna bring out, which I think is absolutely true. Kobe Bryant seems like a really, he really seems groomed for entertainment. Yeah, like he he seems like he has a really good job, uh, a really good job he writing understands. and and yeah, just portrayal and you know storytelling and so on and so forth. I thought that that his letter was the incredible. 
and open. You know, I'm surprised that he would put something like that out for the world to see. Right. I don't know if that's a bridge maybe for him and his family or what, um, but it's a it's a very interesting situation <clears throat> where you're talking about is this guy because it, you know for people who don't know living in Los Angeles the rumors about Kobe Bryant are just endless. They talk about how he's just not a pleasant individual, how he's you know basically divorced his family uh, and just is with his own family unit that he created and. You know, it's the rumor mill, so you don't like to traffic in those. But this letter kind of makes you see that while there's some trouble in paradise, and you just wonder, you hope they can mend things up. Right, I was wondering what family. you thought. Yeah, exactly. At the what, end of the day. What do you think about that? Because you, you see, like, I mean, I'm on the show Ballers, and a lot of it is about the financial missteps of professional athletes and how that ties in to their family and friends, you know, and like. I think he's dead on. I yeah. mean, He's talking about investing in the people instead of just giving them things, and I think it's dead on because then if you it's like what you give a give a guy a fish, but if you teach a guy how to fish, there you go, you know. And then, you know, there's an enabling factor that happens. It seems like uh, with with a lot of these situations, you wonder guys like say like a guy like Antoine Walker, you know, the NBA right. star who ended up losing. He made that hundred eight million dollars in career earnings. Have? I don't know how many kids he had. I, I don't know. Kids, I don't think, were his big issue. Or was it wives? It was. I don't think it was kids or wives. It was gambling. He had a mm. really heavy gambling problem, and he also was just a yes man. He would, he would say yes to all of his friends and family because he grew up rough, and eventually he burned through all his money, and you know now he is where he is, um, which there's nothing wrong with being a normal person at all. Right. But I think that when given the opportunity to, to be more you know, on a financial level, on a status level, there's that, that you know, the biblical uh, scripture to whom much is given, much is required. It's right. just that you, you have an obligation there. And then what is that obligation? Where is that sweet spot so that you can give people or help people or invest in people and yet I, not... But that's where you're hitting it right there because I think it's the investing in the people that actually, you know, you're cultivating. And in that, you're going to, you know, you're, you're sowing good seed, you reap good fruit. Yeah, there, there you go. Icon's the guru. Thank you very much. You know, who knows anything about that? You know what I know about? What? The 5-4 Club. Oh. You know, if you head over to 5-4club.com, you can get $150 worth of clothes for $60 per month. You can use promo code OMAR, and that's going to get your money off of your first month. Go in there. You're going to look sharp for summer, and fall is right around the corner. You got to get these fall colors together. The nice pumpkin orange little brown a lot of options a lot of options you want to look sharp go to 54club.com and enjoy yourself Whoo! moving on it's moving to move on to it's, it's a lot to move on to i want to move on to the fight game it's a big one that well it wasn't a big one but it was a you know what on a certain sense it was yeah, a big one it wasn't yeah. it wasn't yeah because you know what deontay wilder seems like he's still learning on the job he started fighting late Anybody who doesn't know the the heavyweight champion, who was the first heavyweight champion in like decades, uh, uh, Deontay Wilder out of Alabama, fought this past weekend against uh, fellow American Chris Ariola from Riverside, California fame. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, the problem I got with Chris is Chris just refuses to get in shape. Yeah, and he's and, not a thumper, though. You know, he, Well, no, he that was actually, that's how he got to be popular is that he knocked people out. But the problem is, is that then he started to take a lot of punishment. 
And he, because he never got in shape, he knocked a bunch of people out, actually, uh-huh. in, like, ESPN kind of settings and free TV kind of settings. And that's when he got his big fight against Klitschko. And boy, oh, boy, was that ugly. <laughs> Why did he do that to himself? Obi, Obi. <laughs> <laughs> Man, he got, uh, he, he might have got CTE from that. Wow. I mean, he got lit up. Klitschko just gave him the business. He came in overweight. Klitschko gave him the work. He's get, since then gotten into better shape. But he's still not where he would you would think an elite fighter would ever be. Well, yeah, and he's old in the sense of a fighter. He now. is older yeah. in the sense of a fighter. But but the thing is, is that you're still getting a chance to fight the champ. Now you look at your man. I know I bring him up all the time, but you look at let's go champ. <laughs> yeah, but you look at Shannon Briggs. Shannon Briggs is chomping at the bit to get a chance to fight a champion. Yeah, but Shannon Briggs had opportunities in the past. Sure did. That he didn't take sure advantage did. but of, all, just all like I'm, Chris Ariello. All I'm saying is that Shannon Briggs is actually in shape now. <laughs> yeah, but you're talking about now. But, you know, back in the day, I don't think he respected the sport like he should have been. Well, he was in shape then, and then he then he had his mental breakdown, and then he got out of shape. But he was in shape when, when he was fighting. But I, I'm just saying that Chris Ariola, he went in there. I thought he actually had a really good game plan because he went to the body on Deontay Wilder. And if I had a critique on Deontay Wilder in general, it's just that young Deontay has suspect defense. He gets hit a lot. And when he starts fighting against these other elite guys that are in the heavyweight division, it's going to be a problem. I know, but this is the problem with the heavyweight, the heavyweight division because there's no, like, you're talking about elite fighters in the heavyweight division. How many are there? About four or five. And that's the thing. And, and these guys are not interchangeable. They all have their own strong suits. But I tell you what, I don't think any of them are as vulnerable defensively as Deontay is. Now, I don't know if any of them hit as hard as Deontay does. Either. How do you think he's going to come back from that injury? I don't know. So what he had a bicep tear. Yeah. And it was, I was watching the fight. I was watching the fight and out in New York. Hand. And I saw when he did, I said, oh, he's messed up. And he kept, I have to say, he's tough as nails because he kept moving and grooving through the fight, and he got, he got Chris he got to quit. There. He got him out of there. He got him to quit. And that's saying a lot because Chris is usually down to take punishment <laughs> a, la, a lot of the Latin fighters for some reason in some sort of machismo there, which I think is a terrible idea for your <laughs> later term. life, for your long-term health. I don't, I don't think I think you should invest in, in throwing in the towel if you're getting <laughs> pounded. Um, but he got him out of there. I don't know how he's going to bounce back because he's not going to bounce back. He's not going to fight again for the rest of this year. How can you? He'll be lucky if he can lift his arm up in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, just to feed himself, man. I mean that it looks so ugly. Did you see the video on the Instagram? You can yeah. go on his Instagram yeah. and see it sliding in and out. And did you see the freaking crushed skull that Miguel Santos had from the UFC from the MMA fight? He got caught with a flying knee. Have you seen this? No, I haven't. Oh boy, this is devastating. Yeah, look it up. It's uh, it's uh, I do believe it's Miguel Santos. He got caught with a flying knee, and when I tell you that his brain is his, when I tell you his eggs are scrambled, his brain is like his skull is actually crushed. It's actually crushed. Like you can see it in you can see it in real life, face to face, and then you can see it on the X-ray. It is the just super duper disturbing, and it just goes to show the brutality of the sport because. You know, we see these guys and we see them fight and you want to see a knockout, but do you really? I mean, like, this is this is like a, a serious, serious thing. Did you see it? Have you seen it? You haven't no. seen it because I haven't seen you explode yet. But uh, And then we had UFC 200. You know what? We got a caller. We have a caller. Got? I got Big Shad. We got Big Shad Gasper coming in, coming in hot. Uh, if you don't know, look him up. He was a member and is a member of the WWE tag team Crime Time. 
the one of the biggest brothers that I know, Big Shad, is coming at us to talk about the UFC and the State of the Union. Big O. Big Shad, crime time in the house. What's up, young man? How you feel? What up? Hey, man, I don't really call you a man anymore, man. I'm hitting that age point. <laughs> nah, nah, you still got a lot left in you. I seen you lately. I seen you on the red carpet lifting up playmates. I see you. It's like that sometimes. I'm here with my brother, man. We here. We want to talk to you. What's up, man? About your take on this UFC 200. UFC 200? Yeah. What you What you think about the situation? I know that you've mixed it up, and you've told me that that uh, you've told me that you've you've dibbled and dabbled with uh, with uh, John Bones Jones in the ring. And now, Shaq, give me your dimensions, man. What you rock? You yeah. about six 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 to two two seventy? What you what you rocking now? I'm like six six two sixty five right now, man. Man, that's and, uh, and it's time, solid. At the time, yeah, I was a good two seventy. That was a few months ago. He's just good, man. <clears throat> like hands down, he's one of the most amazing fighters ever in history. I don't care if you like him or hate him, but you gotta you gotta you know give the man the props. You know what I mean? And what did you find were his strengths in the in in your in the sparring or in the in the tussling that you guys did? Everything. It's it's, <laughs> it's unreal, man. Like, no, seriously, because I'm a big guy, but I'm a long big guy, and I'm fast and tough, you know. And all this sparring, I had translated this facility for like a week or so at uh, Jacksonville's MMA. But him as an individual, the way he moves, the way he coordinates himself, he's very comfortable in his own skin. You know, he's he's okay not being the strongest. He's okay not being, you know, the power guy because he knows his flow is like nobody else's. You know what I mean? Wow. Well, and so yeah. what What do you think about this situation, man? I don't know the guy personally, but I, I think it's unfortunate the way that this thing keeps un, unfurling on him. You know, he, he had the sample come up dirty. I don't know what it was for, but he's at this point, he's saying that he was just a product of his own ignorance as far as uh, they're making it sound like this wasn't a substance of like a, a, a like a like a cocaine or a drug something. They said it made it sound like this was like a performance enhancer. And you know what? When I watch this guy, I have to say this. When I watch John, Johnny Bones Jones, in any interview, I fully believe him. He's he's totally. Yeah. Be- I don't I don't think he's lying. And I tell you what, unlike most athletes, when they mess up, this dude come came straight to the thing to have the conversation. He came straight to the press right, conference, and he gets a, he wasn't hiding. He gets a, he gets a, to me in my book, he gets a lot of credit for that. What do you what do you think is going to happen with him in the future, man? They're talking about this thing could have cost him thirty million dollars. Yeah, it's stupid because honestly, you know, you know, you know. Okay, so this is the thing. Especially in America, people are quick to jump and judge, and you know the American American view on what a steroid is and things like that is completely skewed because of the campaign run by uh, what's it called uh, Joe Weider. No, no, no. So Joe Weider. Oh, by Joe Weider. Oh wow. Oh wow. Yeah. So yeah. So Joe Weider, the father of nutrition, um, he started. He he pretty much revolutionized bodybuilding with Arnold. He brought Arnold over to, like, Arnold will be our flagship to make bodybuilding famous, right? And in the process, he realized all his bodybuilding he was, he was promoting, they all they all had these, like, secret supplement plans that they would all use. So, Weeder himself came out with a supplement line, you know, of protein and stuff like that. But the thing about it was, is that bodybuilders, they already knew, well, yo, if I eat this much amount of steak, this much amount of chicken, I get the same equivalent of getting a protein shake. You know, but I would rather get the chicken and bacon because it tastes better. You know what I mean? Right, right. So, and, and plus, and plus, there was the time 
uh, when drugs were considered in concerts, remember, steroids is not one singular drug. Right. It's a band, it's a drug. Some of them that are on that list, they actually are used every day to save people's lives. You know what I mean? And steroids are an asthma inhaler and things like that. You don't even realize that. So, on, 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 this, on this entire steroid kick, Joe Wiedewitzki, he ran a big campaign with the co politicians that um, they're going to ban steroids use in the USA, which was at the time in the early 70s, steroids in the USA was legal for the doctor's administration. So, doctors would monitor you while you're on it. And oh, wow. Yeah, and literally, uh, we were healthier when that was going on. So, the side effects that they're claiming now were non existent then, and even today, under a doctor, you a know, doctor's supervision, <laughs> and then especially yeah. when you when you add in the fact that now the steroids are actually in the food that you eat in in trace doses, as opposed to being in the in the uh, you know in anything else. Yeah, but see the thing about it, see, the thing about it was is that Weeder wanted to corner the market. Now in that same deal that he made to corner the market, he knew that his supplement, right, couldn't pass FDA. So in that deal, they paid off a lot of politicians, especially Utah, to make a deal to where the Food and Drug Administration would leave a certain amount of time before you're allowed to test any supplement, any protein supplement, okay, or uh, what's called on-the-market supplement before you can ban it. So a lot of things that you take on the street that you buy from GNC, a lot of stuff that the GNC have uh, steroids in it that are on the ban list, that are that consist steroids, like, you know, Clomid, which, which, was, which is what Brock and John Jones pop for. Ah, okay. So you got the word. I was trying to figure that out. You got the word on exactly what it is that they that they they pop for. And I was I, this yeah, is what yeah. I wanted to know. So now, what is it? What is it that both of their samples came up uh, uh, dirty on? So both of them came up dirty on COVID. And see, what COVID does does is basically if you take if you do a cycle of steroid, right? Okay. When you're coming down off that cycle, you take COVID to increase your natural testosterone to either balance off which you were injecting into your body. You know what I'm saying? Because if you're injecting testosterone into your body, your body starts producing uh, testosterone. Right. Because you're injecting too much. Your body knows when it's injecting too much. So you, the COVID helps trying to balance that to get right back to your normal level. Now, also, the thing about it is, because of the foods we have right now uh, and we eat, a lot of people's testosterone levels drop down based on the processed food we eat. Right. So a lot of Preach, brother. So a lot of doctors... Yeah, so a lot of doctors recommend you using COVID, okay, and in some uh, in, in some drugs, especially for athletes, you know, they, they give they give them they give COVID to use because the food we eat drops the testosterone levels and kind of makes you impotent. So your dick don't get hard, you don't want to fuck. Your testosterone levels just shoot to the ground. So a lot of doctors they they recommend uh, uh, you uh, sign me up for some COVID ASAP. <laughs> where do where do I get no, it? No, no. <laughs> but it, it, it increases your natural testosterone. But it doesn't do it to a point where you become a super athlete. That's a, that's stupid. You know, we had a you doctor. I mean? We had a doctor on the podcast recently, and he he actually made the similar, very similar points to what you're saying right now. What's considered performance enhancing in the medical world versus in the sport world? It seems like they're in contradiction. Oh yeah, no. This is it's like it's night and day because if you look at it, it's like COVID. It's not a performance. It's not really a performance enhancing drug. It just enhances your natural testosterone to its normal levels because as, as a man, when you get older, your testosterone levels naturally drop. Right. The problem, see, in most European countries, it's, it's, it's literally mandatory that you 
treat your uh, patients, especially male, over 40, with testosterone enhancers, like Clomid, so you can live longer. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. So now, what do you think? How did you feel uh, about the actual fight with Brock Lesnar? And what do you think now about this situation where uh, 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 your man, what's your man's name? Mantos? Did he, what's the man's uh, name did he beat? He's, he's demanding uh, half of the purse now, of the winning purse. I what do you think about stupid. that? I think it's stupid. Seriously. Like, honestly, I think it's really, really stupid. I mean, the thing about this is this. And you know what it is? I don't think Mark Hunt even believes what he's saying. I think Mark Hunt is just out there saying it because he's like, you know what? This is a good time for me it's to an, get on my platform. Just a, it's an opportunity. He's just he's being an opportunity yeah. right now. Yeah, and, I, and you know what? I don't blame him for it. You yeah, know? what can you do? Everybody's got to feed their family. I know when I read the post-fight interview, he literally said Brock was just bigger than I thought, and he, he was stronger than I thought, and he was able to, to do some things I couldn't counteract. Exactly. And the thing about it is Brock didn't, Brock didn't increase his training as a fighter. Like, by no means am I sitting here telling you, oh, Brock Lesnar is a great fighter now. Right. No, but you got to say I've known Brock Lesnar for 15 years. Brock Lesnar is a fucking specimen. Brock Lesnar is a fucking specimen. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, 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 no doubt about it. He's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a, he is a specimen. He's a stud. Now, now, I, now, in my entire life, I know several guys who got to fight with Brock Lesnar. All right? I only know two men in my entire life who could really dominate Brock Lesnar, one being Shelton Benjamin, and he's 225 pounds. Oh, when wow. Brock was 300 pounds, yeah, and when Brock was 300 pounds, Shelton manhandled Brock like a little child. But, again, Shelton was Brock's wrestling coach also. Oh. In college. He had that inside Shelton, scoop. Shelton himself is a super specimen himself. You know what I mean? Huh. Like okay. I've never, I've, never seen, I've never seen Shelton not, I've never seen Shelton lose to anybody, not even heavyweights. Wow. You know what I mean? The next guy is uh, Sylvian Turkai. Turkai is the guy that beat Kurt Angle, you know what I'm saying, back in the day. Okay. And when Kurt Angle this is when Kurt Angle was his best. This is a fucking six or five monster. His hands like like my hands and your hands combined. Wow. Wow. Yeah. He's a giant. And he's, and he's, a, he's a gentle giant, but he's a fucking shoot wrestler that just cannot be stopped. Wow. Give me this, Shad. On the way, I ain't going to take up your whole day, but, man, we really appreciate the insight, man. Right. Tell me this. Huh? You were, you're a WWE veteran. Uh, I actually met you backstage at one of the shows. I was just, you know, I brought my nephews out. And me being a fan my entire uh, uh, life, it was just a great experience. You guys really put on a fantastic show. I, I personally think that as athletes, uh, wrestlers are totally underrated because the stuff that you guys can do. Right. I'm telling you listeners out there, you guys, if you don't know him by his voice, look up Shad Gaspard. He's big <laughs> as a house. I'm here to tell you. This dude, he, 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 when I first met him, he yoked me up and hugged me. And I thought I was going to have to go get my pistol because <laughs> this dude, this dude is big as a house. He threw me around like a rag dog and I had a rag dog. And at that time, I think I was about 325. And, and yeah, this guy, he's strong. He can jump out the gym. And, uh, and, and my question to you is this coming into the game, Talk to me a little bit about about professional wrestling and who it is that guided you and and who was your favorite you know who was your favorite wrestler that then you got to work with. You know it's funny. Um, I actually when I came in, uh, I was like recruited. Like I oh, want, really? like I want, yeah, you know, like I wanted to come in, so I contacted them, but then they recruited me later on. And one of the guys that I met that I, I was sort head over, he looked at me was The Rock. Oh you know, wow! Wow! Yeah. And so when I met Dwayne the first time, I think I was on 340, right? And Dwayne's first response to me was, 
You're too fucking big to be a wrestler. Go the fuck out, get the fuck out of here. I don't want to work with you. <laughs> you know, but he, he's like, he's like, he's like, he's like okay, you are way too fucking big. And it was like, he was joking, but then I met his father, uh, Rocky Johnson, when I went to developmental. Wow. And his father really took a liking to me, but his father wasn't liked by the management. So, you know, it was one of those things where he told me all the things that were going to happen in my career before I even saw it happening. He told me the things that I was, that was going to be my obstacles. And, you know, if, even though I, wasn't, I was more looking forward to work with his son than his, it was the biggest blessing in the world to get the insight to my future for somebody who already went through it. Wow. You know? Wow, yeah. that's a, that's incredible. Yeah, man, that's great. Well, you know, you are a friend of the Ozone, my brother, and you are welcome uh-huh. to come down to South Florida and shoot and uh, throw DJ around and <laughs> do whatever it is that big people do. You know, I don't know if I ever told you this. I got recruited to, to wrestle when I was in college because I used uh-huh. to be a great athlete before I tore up my knees. And uh, some guy was watching me play basketball. Then he watched me play baseball. And this guy, he was like a bad penny. He just kept popping up all over the place. And he talked to me about going to Japan to work on my, uh, to get my game together and to hit the weights and so on and so forth. He was like, man, with your size, if you're this agile and can move, we could we could really make some money with you in, in wrestling. And I tell you the truth, I, I called my brother and told him about it. I was really pumped up. Um, and, and, and the, the, the thing that I was, I did, that's when beast was big beast, big sap uh, was big over there. Yeah. Yeah, Big Bob. And, uh, and, and, you know, it was interesting. And that was the same time that my theater career jumped off. I just got done playing baseball and I ended up going with the theater thing. And, uh, man, you guys look like you have a ton of fun out there, but I have crazy respect for the profession and I love to see you, man. I was watching, uh, I caught you in get hard the other day on a, uh, on the, on a plane, I do believe. And I love to see you transitioning into the, the the movie biz, man. I can't wait to 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 share a steak and a roll in the scene with you. Both of them juicy. Yeah, you know, you know, it's funny. I actually I actually told somebody this. So I told you this before, but you and Dwayne have was the most encouraging for me to come into the acting because I remember when I met you backstage, I was like very nervous about trying to even transition to be an actor because right. I was so big. And I remember you were telling me you were like. You know, it's not about your size; it's about your skill. Yeah, which you, which you can do. And I, and I, I took it to heart because I looked. At, I saw. You, I saw you tonight. I was like, you know, that's the guy that fucking big guy is acting. He's and he books a lot, so I want to. I want to get his insight. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So like, a charismatic dude, dude, man. People like you. You know, people like you. That's a big deal. That's right. a, that's you're going into a room full of strangers. And you're making them in your situation with crime time. You would go into a room full of strangers and make them hate you. As long yeah. as you can make them feel, that's the key with this thing. If you can make them love yeah. you, you can make them hate you, you can just make them think. And this is this kind of influence, having that uh, certain, as they say, a je ne sais quoi, that it factor, if you will, that's what allows yeah. you to you know, to get hired, man. Because it's the same thing I'm doing yeah, when I go in a room and audition. Yeah, it does. It does. It does. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's why I'm right there. And that's why I'm always appreciative of you guys, man. You and DJ, seriously. No doubt about it, man. Well, like I said, you are you are uh, one in the ozone whenever you like, my brother. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna get up with you soon, man. Chat, tell tell the people where they can find you on social media if they want to keep rapping with you. Uh, you can find me on Chat Beast. Uh, what's it called thirteen? I think on Instagram. Yeah, that's you know it. Funny, that's I, it. It's Chat Beast thirteen. I don't know my own stuff. <laughs> you sound you sound like T. T's the same way. I'm sloppy with mine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I be like, I'm, 
How can, I, how can I find you? You don't, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Be careful what you ask for. <laughs> I ain't trying to run into Shad if I didn't know him. All right, brother. Well, yeah, keep it up. And, uh, yeah, stay at the hustle, man. Thanks a lot for calling in, and we'll catch you sooner than later. All right, man. All right. What? Peace. Wonderful insight right there. Just you got such a diverse body of of friends and family in the ozone. It's so nice to get a different uh, different viewpoint. Man, I tell you, you go pick up a uh, you go on a, do do you a Google search of uh, Shad Gaspard and be amazed. That guy is huge. And the picture won't even do it justice. It, you need to see him in real life and have him pick you up. One thing he loves to do is he loves to pick the icons up whenever yeah. we see him out and about. And throw me around. He'll just walk he'll just walk up and he'll just walk up and pick him up real quick. Hey, what's up T? And he'll just pick him up. And there's nothing that T can do. It's very interesting. It's like, oh, watch you gonna pick me up. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. What else is crazy? Sticking with this uh sticking with the situation, man. Freaking Adrian Broner again. This guy just can't get it together. He showed up three hours late to a to a uh, like a probation hearing or whatever that was, and they said he looked hungover or currently drunk. And wanted a pass. He said that somebody drugged him. <laughs> <laughs> drugged his drink. He didn't drink. say that. <laughs> he did. He didn't say that. He did. Somebody drugged him. <laughs> T. I'm drugged. I'm drugged. I don't know who did it, dude. <laughs> but know. I'm drugged. But I paid for all the drinks. <laughs> but I don't know who did it. Right I don't even want to laugh at Adrian because I think his situation is more serious than people know. You know, it's uh Well, maybe he'll get sober in the pen. 30 days. To a lot of people. 30 well, days remember, to dry out. Yeah, F- Floyd lost his ish in the, in the pen. He sure did. He came back more focused. Yeah, sure did. Yeah, wow. Something about being caged up. That's unnatural. Yeah. It's unnatural, especially when you've been living high on the hog. It's uh, it's terrible, but you know it's very natural. What? The wonderful, delicious bevy of flavors in Gorilla Life. Mm. It's an all-natural, refreshing drink. It promotes good health, alkalizing of your blood, which detoxifies and enhances your immune system. GorillaLife.com. Go check it out. Look for it at your local vendor. Gorilla Life. Three ingredients, chlorophyll, water, agave. Life's good. Sounds refreshing. I know, it does. What else sounds refreshing is Von Miller picking up his crazy dough. It is crazy, but it's not enough, though, you know, in the terms of, you know, really what the football players, he he sort of got quarterback money, but how much of it is guaranteed? $70 million. <laughs> How are you mad that I don't, you you got to be the only person I know? I think you must have a secret money tree in the backyard that yeah. you haven't been sharing. Let's go. With let's us. go pull a couple leaves off. <laughs> Maybe so because if seventy million isn't enough for you, I don't know. I I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. And that's seventy guaranteed. And 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 they said what the deal what took so long to get the deal one what? done what was them for Vaughn <laughs> wanted to know. When he got his 70. <laughs> he wanted to know when he got his first payments. He needed to make some moves. He had a couple of moves he needed to make. And once they got his cheese together, like, on the ASAP, that's when they were able to sign the deal and make things happen. I just, I mean. It's great money. I mean, you can't complain about $70 million. In just about any scenario, really. Give me the scenario where $70 million is a ripoff. I mean, you you go win the the Powerball for a billion dollars, you probably get thirty five million at the after taxes. <laughs> what did those people just get? They just um, what somebody just got three fifty off of one point six or something? Come on, dude, are you kidding? And you know good and well. And you're gonna tell me all of these states? I'm putting you all of y'all on blast. You're gonna tell me that 
you take $700 million out of the Powerball <laughs> and we still got schools that don't have books? Somebody's lying. Somebody, somebody's lying. Somebody is Snoop lying. Yeah. I What's mean, happening? It's a lot of schools. <laughs> <laughs> There's a hundred I mean, million education, schools. Man. Come on. I, how many schools? I mean, I don't understand. Where, Wait, do, I mean, where does the money go from the lottery? Right. Now, do they? What about the other states who aren't in it? Do they get a piece of that as well? I don't think so. I think you. I don't think. It, I think it's you have just to participate. Yeah, I think it's just all of the. You know, I think that's why California jumped in because if you remember for the longest, we just rocked the California lottery. Yeah. And then we just recently started to say, oh no, we're also going to add in the uh, Powerball. <laughs> Next event. Powerball. <laughs> we decided it, to go American Gladiators. Uh, I don't know. I, the sport is giving the government more than half of the winnings. That seems like the sport. Lifting the ticket. Man. But but sticking with the with the NFL, you had an interesting take earlier about Tom Brady and Deflategate. Yeah, and Tom Brady's going to sit out those four games, and he has a great chance of losing his job. I mean, I feel like a great chance is pretty aggressive. That's a, that's well, a pretty you know aggressive what? statement. Yeah, it's aggressive, but in the sense... We've seen it in the past. That's how Brett Favre got his job, and that's how Tom Brady got his job. It's you, the truth. You know, just give a guy a little opportunity, and he takes advantage of it, and the rest is history. Or he gets his mm-hmm. ACL blown out, and, <laughs> and then Tom Brady comes back, and he's Tom Brady, and he's the greatest uh, quarterback in New England history. Yeah, I think that Tom Brady's always going to be Tom Brady, you know, but eventually even he has to slow down. You and would you think. Have, every, you year, look, every year you think it's coming, and then it doesn't happen. Yeah, and you have to look towards the future, you know, and – I mean, that kid's supposed to have been a stud. Yeah. Out of college. Yeah, 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 yeah. And boy, oh boy, but I'd love to get touchdown Tommy on ballers. Leads me to my next point. You saw Which is? Mark Wahlberg got on and said uh, he let the cat out of the bag and said that he got some phone calls from the NFL and Roger oh, yeah. Goodell. Said that Roger Goodell was pispering around town telling guys not to get on the show. Yeah, Roger which, Dirty Goodell. Oh, man, which we've seen is has not been effective because what I can tell you <laughs> is we have no less than 20 NFL, current NFL players on the show this season on HBO, Sunday nights, 10 o'clock, ballers, get your mind right. But uh, yeah, now, do you think that he's going to come up with some underhanded way of penalizing or torturing or punishing some kind of players or whatever you for what? getting on there? With, he's with, that type of guy. I was just about like to it. say he seems very vindictive. I mean, yeah. he's really riding this deflate gate all the way out. Right. It just turned into a pissing contest. That's all. It's all it was. Then and, and uh, you know what? I don't know. I think that I think that he's in this situation. He's dealing with another entity that is equally, if not more, powerful than the one that he heads. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I can tell you, Time Warner is no joke. It's a, they, this is right. you know they 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 don't they don't do small money business, and it's not like you can just uh, roll over them. And also, there's the other side of it, which is as far as the show goes, I actually believe that the show is good for the league. I right. think it's. I think they could use it in a lot of ways, and especially you'll see this as this season goes on, as an instructional tool for a lot of these young guys to avoid certain pitfalls because you know they have these symposiums and seminars for the young players. But how often do these guys still not pay attention? Well, when you got uh, Dwayne Johnson, myself, Troy Garrity, and all these guys, and we make it fun to watch, and we slide the lesson in for you, eh, there's a different animal. You may actually pay attention to your boy that you're you're paying, you know, that you can't really afford to pay uh, a couple hundred thousand dollars just to hang out. Right. So I don't I, I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised if Goodell hasn't let it go, especially since Mark let the cat out of the bag. Because Roger Goodell seems to be very big on saving face. Like, he seems to be big about if you, you know, like like Tom Brady literally stood up to him and said, no, I'm not, not I'm, I'm playing. Right. 
And and even in this situation, how much of a winner is Tom Brady? Because what Tom Brady decided to do, which was awesome, was say, oh, they're going to suspend me? All right, just in case, let's make my salary minimal so that, you know, it doesn't really cost the team much. Very, very smart. Come on, man. And then big passion for the league. That's that's like, that's like He really wants to play the game. Yeah, but Godell needs to be put in check. Dude's out of control, man. And who's there to put him in check? This is the question. Yeah, there's no Roger, checks and balance. Roger Goodell answers to the owners. He's been appointed by the owners. So basically, he is the Geppetto of the owners. He is, I mean, the owners are the Geppetto of him. He's he's the Pinocchio of the owners so that he can be the bad cop. You know what I mean? And right. And the owners don't have to get their, their hands dirty. Despite the fact that you know there's always a lot of grievances and whatnot that, that that's going on, I mean, way more than being worried about who shows up on ballers, they should be concerned about who's been watching the NBA Players Association <laughs> and and have those guys have literally created a partnership with ownership in the league, as opposed to, um, you know what, what the NFL is doing, NFL's doing right. which is just you know paying you what they feel like you're worth for a certain amount of time. It's true. Ten billion a year, man. That's big money. That is big money, and they don't have to share it. They don't have to. You know what I mean? They can. They can just tell you, "Oh, you tore your 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 ankle up. That's it." Sorry, man. See you later. But I just bought a ten million dollar. So yeah, what do you, you know, want me to do? That's it. That's why these guys get insurance on a lot of their stuff, you know. And you know what they get insurance on? Arms, legs. The ganja green. Uh-oh. What about your boy Ricky Williams? Oh, and tricky Ricky. And tricky Ricky. And the full dedication. <laughs> To that weed. Oh, my goodness. Just speak on it. You're oh, the one who man. did me to what was going on. Man, he's even got a, a a movie, a film about it. And Ricky Ricky has lost his mind. I, you know, I've never seen a guy who was sold out on marijuana like Ricky Williams. This guy is willing to, to sign up on marijuana more so than his career. He, I mean, let's find out the name of this. Tricky Ricky Williams out of, I do believe he's from, is he from San Diego? Or is he from Florida? San Diego. Yeah, he's from San Diego. Mm-hmm. I remember Ricky Williams. He yeah, ran a four five. Ricky Williams was a beast at like two sixty, I think. Yeah. And so and so, Ricky Williams, if you don't remember, played for the Dolphins. Uh, played. He, he was a stud. He just and he. I think he played at University of Texas is where he played. <laughs> and he, uh, you know, he got popped multiple times on the league's drug violation, and it was always for. It was always for marijuana. Yeah, it was always for marijuana, and he decided. To, I, I have respect for Ricky in this sense. Ricky just decided to sell out and just say, you know what? This is what I'm about, and I'm not going to change it. And now there's a lot of medical uh, uh, there's a lot of medical uh, uh, research, research uh-huh. to back up his claims that yeah. everybody in the league should be able to use it for head injuries and the pain and so on and so forth. His film's called The High Road. And that's what he, Ricky's <laughs> taking. He's taking The High Road, dude. Dude, here you go. Ricky, Take The High Road. Ricky's taking it. <laughs> He's blazed. <laughs> he, he is blazed. I mean, the guy's dedicated, so you can't. You got to credit for. Then you always have to. Com- yeah, I have to. The I have to. Is yeah, I, I can't, and I never yeah, confirm on the commitment. It. It's hard. It's I mean, hard he made a film it. about it. He was willing to give up years in the league for it. He put his money where his mouth was. He put <laughs> his money where the weed was. <laughs> I wouldn't. If I was him, I would just open up a dispensary. I wonder if he owns a dispensary. I'm sure he has a dispensary at his house. <laughs> I don't know if that's sanctioned. <laughs> Maybe Godell signed up on it. Maybe Godell comes by and gets John Blaze. Yeah, man. Wow, that's a trip. And then you saw this uh you saw this statement that Odell Beckham Jr. made about Josh Norman keeping that rivalry uh, alive to GQ yesterday. 
You know, he said to Josh Norman, he said Patrick Peterson is definitely the greatest cornerback in the game right now. And Odell, and then Odell said that Josh Norman just went down to Washington to stay relevant. I I don't know. Odell showed me that Josh Norman gave him a problem last year by made him lose it. Yeah, made him lose it. The dude went completely berserk. He he completely lost. <laughs> he it. lost it. I mean, he tried to rip his head off. Yeah, and then and then on top of that. I saw Patrick Peterson let two 60-yard Hail Marys <laughs> land in Toast. his man's arms uh, at, in, <laughs> against Green Bay. I didn't so appreciate Odell that. Odell is not speaking this much lying in him. I think that Odell is taking it very personally. <laughs> I think they're going to get personal. shut down again. Although Josh Norman is not going to be, I don't believe, the player that he was in uh, Carolina. You think it's the overall scheme of the yeah, but of the look defense? At a, yeah, look at all the talent that they had on the defense in uh, Carolina, and he's not going to have that backup. You know, you got the safety that you depend on. You got the pass rush that you depend on for the corners, you know. And I don't think he's going to get that in Washington. Mm. Washington doesn't have monster pass rush like that to let you match up one-on-one or anything like that. I know they're going to put him on an island. Yeah, I don't think that he's Darrell Rebus. I'll tell you that much, too. And what I saw in the Super Bowl, he got burnt in big situations sure a couple did. times in the Super Bowl. And he didn't look confident. He didn't look confident. He did not look And that's even worse. And I think that even when they showed him on the bench over there, he <laughs> he really looked devastated. Yeah, I mean, because he's the man. They were in that defense. They had the chance to win. As bad as that Super Bowl was for Carolina, they still had a chance to win. Right. Late. Right. And they just couldn't get it done. They couldn't get it done. You couldn't find anybody to step up. That's Josh Norman included. Yeah, it's true. I just don't think that Josh Norman is going to be what he was last year. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. And moving on to our, our uh, well, you know what? I don't want to move on to our favorite yet. You know what I want to talk about? What? I want to talk about a three-time back-to-back world champion uh, gymnast that nobody talks about. Who is that? Which is Simone Biles. Mm. And she is, if you look her up, she's going to go compete for the first time in the Olympics. She is, people are saying she is the greatest gymnast ever. Better than Nadia Comaneci, better than Mary Lou Retton. Really? Better than Gabby Douglas. Better, they're saying she's the best, potentially the best ever, and nobody speaks on her or her championships or anything else. Young African American girl, and she's four foot nine, and uh, she's you know she's built like a, a, a barrel, like all of the the gymnasts are, very strong core, and she's looking to bring home gold for the USA down in Brazil. Despite the fact that, how about how all of these athletes are are deciding not to go down to Brazil for Zika and other purposes? And well, you know what? Now Zika's at the house. Zika's here. Zika, in the hey, <laughs> who is it? It's Zika. Zika, my little human Africa. Hey, Zika, come on I didn't in. even know you were coming this summer. <laughs> I'm here. What are you doing? I wasn't looking for you. <laughs> oh, Zika, stop biting me. <laughs> it's just a hickey. Zika. Come on. You play too much. Knock it off, Zika. Zika. You're so silly with that microcephaly <laughs> joke you tell. It's just really, it's it's Yeah, so now up. what's the difference if you go out there to Brazil or stay at home? Really? They just found the, the first case of it being from a mosquito, they said, today or yesterday in Florida. Wow. Yeah, the actual mosquito, you know, from the mosquito bite from the United States. I sure hope that it wasn't me because I was down in South Florida and I thought I had the heat stroke and I hope <laughs> I wasn't suffering from Zika stroke. Could be the chikanyunga. I don't want either one of those. I don't want any anything to do with any mosquito-borne virus illness. You looking up Simone Biles? Yes. Yeah, she's 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 something special. Yeah, I actually watched her in the um, what was it the uh, the prelims? Oh, really? Yeah, really. And yeah. she balled out. Yeah, and they they act like you know. It wasn't even in question if she was going to make it or not. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. She, they're talking about she's it. She's the yeah. GOAT. 
And you know, it's funny because uh, down there at the Ballers premiere, we got to meet uh, uh, an Olympian, which was awesome, uh, uh, Taekwondo. I didn't even know they had women's Taekwondo in the Olympics. And that was cool, man. Right. She's those really young, going, those, those young ladies were really yeah. going to go get it. It's just so much Very going serious. on. Yeah, there's, there's, there's so many things, especially young people, if you're listening, just, you know, there's so many things to explore out there that you could find. You never know what you might be great at. You just got to take a chance and go out there and go get it. It's really. It's there. It's a, it, and it'll work. If you put it out there. <laughs> it will. <laughs> it will. Wow. Got a lot to cover, and we want to expand our reach. We picked up a golf correspondent, and we got a phone call coming in from Chill Will. Welcome to the Ozone. First time calling. We want to get your take as our resident golf expert. I hear you're pretty nice with the sticks on the greens. Talk to me about the major that just happened. Give me your analysis about what happened and how you can be so perfect and still not be good enough. Well, you know, you had uh, Henrik Stassen, and then you had Phil Mickelson. These were the only two that was in contention. Everybody else was six, seven strokes back. Starting Sunday, Phil came in one stroke behind. Phil ended up shooting six under, which is which is a hell of a round. But it was not enough. <laughs> but it wasn't enough. Henry came in and shot eight under with two bogeys. If he hadn't had those two bogeys, he would have shot ten under. You know, he shot he, his final round was twenty was twenty under. Wow, which is unheard of. Twenty under. He shot twenty under. Twenty under. Is he juicing? <laughs> nah, nah. nah. Hey, you know what, man? I, I was pulling, you know what? I was pulling for him and Phil. Mainly for Phil. You know, Phil, 46 years old. Right. I was hoping he was going to pull it off, man, but Phil somehow always ended up choking, man. And in this when situation, I don't think he choked, choking. though. I I I caught right. the highlights on nah, this. He nah. didn't choke. He shot a great round, and he had a great. Nah. He shot a great tournament. It wasn't like you know what I mean. He didn't fall Look. apart or anything. This other guy just pulled some superhuman stuff out of him. Man, Phil came in here and shot six under. Now you know before the round started, if somebody would have came out and said, "Hey man, you got to go in here and shoot five six under par today in, in order to win," Phil came in and shot six under. But Henry came in and shot eight under. Unheard of. He thought he, he the Phil, Phil, Phil shot uh, six, uh, 63 Thursday. He shot eight under Thursday. Karen came in and did it on Sunday. You know what I'm saying? I'm those conditions, man, you're talking about, you know, that thick rough, those fast greens, wind, all of that. Guys came in and man put on a. But like I said, it was only those two that was in contention. Oh, well, I mean, how many guys are going to come in and shoot six and eight under consistently? So it is what it is. This is the elite of the elite. What I want to know about is what is your favorite major and what's your favorite course to play recreationally? Okay, my favorite course to play recreational, I would say it's uh, maybe Lakewood. Okay. Lakewood Country Club. Yeah. Nice. But yeah. my favorite major of the year, you know, it's, it's, it's bittersweet, man, but it's the master. Mm. You know the masters is down in Augusta. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta. Uh, yeah, down in Augusta, man. A place where it sounds like and you may you not have been welcome for a country. long time. <laughs> for a long time, you would know, never see. You would never see a more beautiful golf course than Augusta, man. It's manicured. It's 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 the it's the creme de la creme. 
<laughs> I have to say, I, one know? thing that I did at that one place that I played, I've been fortunate enough and blessed enough to play my bad golf all around the world. And uh, <laughs> I have to say okay. that that even though I'm nothing special out there, it was great because I got invited to go play Trump's Mar-a-Lago. And I can't front that Trump International right. course yeah. in uh, in in Palm Beach in West Palm Beach and, uh, is. Uh, oh, West Palm Beach. Okay, you went to that one. But yeah, you man. Know, they got the other one over in uh, in Valley Verde. Yeah, no, no, no. I, this is down in Florida. Florida's a great place to play yeah, yeah, golf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, you got the humidity, the ball jumps. It's a, you know, and I just uh, it, right. it was a beautiful course. I played some beautiful courses, man. I played the the Ponte Vida course yeah, out I, in. Uh, I bet you had. Yeah, man, I played a great course out in the Dominican Republic. I played some great courses. I'm just not any good, but I'm working on that. <laughs> Chill, Will, we want to thank you for having you in the Ozone, brother. You're welcome anytime. Anytime we need some golf correspondence, we're going to hit you up and stay up out there. Hey, Let me know when you time, shoot man. par and under. Hey, give me, give me another year. I should be shooting par and hopefully under. Wow. But anytime, man, I'll your boy. All, All right, right, now. Hey. Hey, thanks for having me on, man. Uh, late. Fantastic input there from Chill Will. You know what else is fantastic? What is that? These delicious, healthy snacks from Melissa's Organic. Literally, the greatest thing I have ever put into my mouth is this coconut snack from Melissa's Organic Produce. And I'm not saying this. I'm saying this in real life. I don't know if you've had it. It's delicious. It is full of fiber. It is full of protein. And it tastes like it's full of sugar, but it's not. I'm telling you, run, don't walk to your grocery store and look for these coconut snacks. Now we can move on to where the rubber meets the road. Baseball, it sounds like to me. What is happening in Major League Man, you know what? Kershaw, they're talking about he might need back surgery, which is devastating. And now that's interesting because I actually thought that that the whole thing was just a ruse for him to get a little uh, rest in the season for a playoff run. Right. You know, a lot of teams use the DL for that, you know. Absolutely. uh, This this guy's got a strained lat. uh, You need a couple of weeks off, and it's just a way to give you a couple of weeks off. It's kind of like how LeBron James does every year now. Yeah, give you some, get your legs back. You see mm-hmm. legs. Mm. And that, unfortunately, that's not the case. And they're talking about how this could potentially put him in a situation where, I mean, he's he's uh, have to go under the knife. And if you go get back surgery, Especially I don't see you coming back. back this season. And even beyond that, if you go under back surgery, I know a lot of back surgery for people who never feel like they get back to 100%. Right. I don't know if I would even recommend him playing around with his back like that. The back is not like a complete science, you know? So, you, yeah, you can mess around with the back and never come back. And you're talking about him having the potential to be the greatest pitcher of all time. Yeah, uh, this is very disturbing. It's going to be very interesting to see if his body can respond to some other treatment. Yeah, hopefully, other time than the will epidural. Heal it. Yeah, maybe he just needs to rest. Yeah, and and uh, along the lines of what you were talking about before, the Dodgers are opening to trade Yasiel Puig. About time! Wow, how about that? Yeah, but now you can't get anything for him. He's been <laughs> exploited. Everybody knows he's got a weakness. He's got a hole in this game, dude, and it's called his back. Ah, <laughs> oh, Puig. He's so hard on Puig. I, you know what? He he seems like a really nice guy. It's just that he never honed his skills. I think that he should have stayed down in the minor leagues for a little bit longer. And now he's been exploited. So now what, what can you do? What can you get for him, really? Everybody knows that he really needs to be in the minor leagues, except they're just trying to make it um, – Swallowable, if, if that's a word. They want you to be able to swallow taking that contract and everything else, although he doesn't put up the numbers to go along with the contract. The guy is probably averaging about 12 home runs a year. Yeah. Yeah, it's an ugly look He doesn't right hit now. 
300. He doesn't really steal bases. He doesn't have anything in his game that takes, you know, that separates him from anyone else. He's not like Mike Trout or Bryce Harper. Wow. Andrew McCutcheon. Puig. Man. Can't hit the outside pitch. Can't hit fastballs. I mean, you're in the show. Maybe you can say, man, I got a problem with the breaking ball, but cheese? You can't have a problem with gas. You cannot have (laughs) a problem with flatulence. The The major leaguers can time 110 miles an hour if you just give it to them all the time. But Puig has a hard time with the upper, the fastball in the upper part of the strike zone. doesn't seem to be agreeable with him. And then we have another situation I want to speak about. What the hell is going on with the New York Mets pitching rotation in general? Why is everybody's arm messed up in New York? Yeah, why does everybody have bone spurs? What's going on? What what is going on with the workout regimen so that everybody's arm is messed up? Our guy, Matt Harvey, the Dark Knight, is going under this thoracic outlet surgery. They had to take out one of his ribs, right? They had to take out a rib tip. And uh, I don't think they gave him medium sauce. I think <laughs> what it, kind of sauce they gave him? I, they just gave him the cold sauce. <laughs> cold sauce. They gave cold sauce. And so I wish him the best because I really like Matt. I like him because realistically, on any given day, when Matt Harvey was Matt Harvey, he's the best pitcher in baseball along with Clayton really? Kershaw. Yeah. He's got a four pitches working, and he was not scared to attack the strike zone. Exactly. Why are all of the relievers in Major League Baseball nowadays nibbling? nibbling? <laughs> They come out throwing sliders and breaking balls and splitters instead of going with that fuzz and setting it up. Aroldis Chapman gets in trouble every single time he and comes in the game. About he throws it like 105 miles an hour. Well, you should never be in trouble. Or if you are, it should be just because a guy fluked up and hit the 105 out. But he wants to throw sliders. What are you doing? <laughs> just throw strikes. I don't care what it is. Just sliders. make it a strike. Sliders. Even if it's a slider, make it a strike. Why Sli- can't relievers? Sliders. Last night we watched, the, we watched the Pittsburgh Pirates. Man, he's on my fantasy squad. My man Mark Melanson, who's super duper reliable. Came out throwing breaking balls. And, and walked people. Walk Ronnie. What are we doing? I'm not throwing strikes. What are we doing? Juris Familia came through because he got tough, but he walked the first two batters. Uh, Might have even walked the bases drunk. And then and then ended up having to, to dig deep to get it going. It's just like what what do you guys? I don't understand. Now, do you think it was an all star break, or do you just you know you see this as, as a pattern? I see it as a pattern. I see there's I see there's nibbling as a pattern because guys are scared to throw inside. Yesterday, Albert Pujols hit two three run homers, and then a guy was trying to throw inside and accidentally hit him in his helmet. Could have hit him in the face. Could have shattered his face like how Giancarlo Stanton did. And the guy ran up to home plate and apologized. I thought that was great sportsmanship. But realistically, I used to pitch. And if I hit you, I just hit you. That was your bad. You yeah. should have got out of the way. And it's, it's, I know it's not the nice or the PC thing to say, but that's how the game of baseball works. And as a it hitter, used to work. And that's how it like used to work. work. And as a hitter, you would go in there and you would be like, damn, this guy might just hit me and he doesn't right. care. Which is why when I got my chance, I told them, you don't have to change the rules for me. I'm here, and don't run into me, Cameron Boyce. I'm putting you down, Disney man. I'm taking you down. <laughs> I'm playing the win yes, out sir. there. Now, what do you think about this American League East? It seems like uh, Toronto's won three straight. Toronto's trying to make their move. What's, what's happening? Toronto doesn't have enough pitching. Don't think so? No, but this trade deadline's coming up, and there's nobody really out there. It doesn't seem like for anybody to grab Drew Pomeranz. I mean, the Boston, Boston pushed the button immediately. Right. I like that. I admire that. Very, very smart. They took an unproven product and got a proven product. They sure did. <laughs> they sure <laughs> did. So why wouldn't you do that? And everybody, I hear people in you know, a little small murmur or uproar about them trading this kid that's supposed to be a bonus baby in about two or three more years, but Drew Pomeranz is pitching well now. 
exactly is. And I think that the Mets are going to fade away. I like what Donnie Baseball is doing with the Marlins down there. You I can really, do a lot with Jose Fernandez. And, and not just the Boston Jose was trying to The Boston was trying to get him at one point, but the Marlins were still in it, so they didn't give him up. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, they're only four and a half out of first place. And that's saying a lot because the Nationals, that's saying a lot. The Nationals on fuego. Man. They sure are, and they're beating the crap out of the Dodgers as we speak. Why not? <laughs> Everybody's doing it. Everybody's cool. Oh man, oh man. Well, I don't know, man. I don't know, dude. I don't know. But I, what I do know is that we get to hang out at the All Star Game in San Diego. Anybody who doesn't know, it seems like a, a secret. And I mean, we live close to it, and we say it every time we go. San Diego is like paradise, folks. If you want to go and just have a good time, I mean, I, I'm not getting any money from the tourism board or anything to say this. San Diego, the weather is completely agreeable. It's totally comfortable out there year-round. There's never too much traffic. You can go out. The, the people are friendly. The people are so nice. It's a diverse body of folks. They have great transportation system. They have tremendous food at their baseball stadium. They sure do. Wow. Man, How about that? Tri-tip. Tri-tip nachos? You yes. Crazy. Get in my belly. I'm... All in. I'm all in. I better find my drive down to the stadium and see if I can <laughs> lobby them to open them up for some right tonight. Yeah, but wow, we had a good time. Got to meet some of my favorites growing up. I mean, I got to hang out. I was on a lineup card with Ricky Henderson. That this is who can say that? Who bad lead off in that situation? Was it you or Rick? It was me, but then I told them, hey, he's Ricky Henderson. He's probably the greatest of all time. And he has to say, don't hurt his ego. It's people watching. So Rick batted leadoff. You know, oh, okay. it was the smartest That's thing that, that we could do. Great decision. Oh, yeah, you know, I'm a classy. I'm a classic man. <laughs> and so uh, we got to hang out with Rick. Got to hang out. And not just Rick hang out. We got nice. to hang out and yeah, talk baseball. Out. Fred Lynn. Fred Lynn's unbelievable. Really, really nice guy. Great man. guy. We're gonna. He's a friend of the Ozone now. Yeah. Uh, Raleigh Fingers, Andre Dawson, Dave Winfield, Gary Matthews Jr. The Wizard of Oz. I was saving him for last. Tim Raines wow. and Ozzie Smith. I mean, I was so excited to meet Ozzie Smith that although I batted 17th, yes, that's right, 17th, I had to pop out to the shortstop just because I wanted to say I could pop out to Ozzie Smith. <laughs> that's on my. That's on my my resume now. This is guy is hands down the greatest shortstop of all time. Not even in question. This isn't even anybody who wants to put it in question. You don't even need to talk to. Yeah. They like they, you don't know the game. You don't know the game, <laughs> or you don't know who Ozzy Smith is. Yeah, because Derek Jeter. And nobody, I love Derek Jeter. I love. Derek I mean, Jeter. I can't. I can't. Nobody. I can't love Derek Jeter anymore. Nobody. Like, like nobody. Nobody played the position <laughs> like the wizard. Oh my! Like goodness. number one, he's got the greatest play in baseball history. Come on, dude. Come on, man. And then, For and, any then, position. And, then, and then on top of that, and then on top of that, you can go past that. And if you need a bomb in the playoffs, World, World Series, Series, he's got it. <laughs> Ozzy's going deep. Yeah. He's super clutch. Still bags. Whatever you need. And just, you know, hit you 300 every year. Yeah. And then and then for him to to tell me that he was proud of me and he watches me and, you know, now he's going to start listening to the Ozone. This is just great weekend. Thank you to Major League Baseball for sending us out there. Uh, to the All Star Game, yeah, that and you was can awesome. sign us up every year. I think for that event, that was pretty, pretty awesome. I will say, I think I got cheated on my MVP. I was the MVP. Oh, you think you were the MVP? I mean, I mean, I mean, what? Well, I mean, what other kid go ninety fifty forty? But it was, you know, I mean, talk, when you talk about most valuable, it's a different conversation. When you talk about the best player, these are these are different conversations. Because he might have ran somebody else over at the plate if you weren't there. You know, could have been. You know, he could he could have trucked somebody. Somebody could have olated. Like, you know? Somebody would would have olated. I risked life and limb there. You did? Against 107-pound Cameron Boyce. <laughs> you did. He could have ruined your career. He could have ruined my career. As a softball player. <laughs> as, a, as, as a leisurely softball player. Man, you would have been on DL for about 
I mean, I've been on the DL. I got to get off the DL. Ugh, unbelievable. Minutes. Well, folks, this has been an inspired uh, uh, edition of the Ozone. Really happy to be back on the mic. Happy to be here with my brother. Happy to fill the urn. Our engineer <laughs> Ernie's here making it happen. Uh, I got to leave with a quote from you, and it's, you know, you're going to think I can't get away from him, but this guy has a lot of wonderful quotes. This one is from the great Nelson Mandela. He says, There is no passion to be found playing small in settling for a life that is less than the one you are capable of living. Dream big, folks. I'm Omar Miller, your host. It's my brother, Terry. Ozone. Peace. Ozone. <laughs>